0: The Auburn quarterback set himself in the shotgun and called for the ball. He looked downfield for less than a second and then broke around left end. The wide receiver on that side fainted downfield before he started to his right. The quarterback handed him the ball, and the receiver ran behind the line of scrimmage toward the right side of the field. Spread wide right, Eliab McDermott took two paces downfield when the center snapped the ball, stopped, and smiled at the Alabama defensive back five yards deep. Then he took off to his left. He intercepted the other wide receiver, number 88, at the middle of the field. As they passed each other, number 88 flipped him the ball. McDermott tucked the ball under his left arm, looked downfield. He preferred to paint on a clean slate, not to know what challenges awaited him, what he would have to overcome to snare victory. He ran, not like bullet Bob Hayes with his arms flailing, or like Marcus Dupree in a serene glide, not like a deer delicate as it leaped away from a hunter with a two hundred forty three pressed against his shoulder. No, he ran as if his legs were the pistons of a steam engine, his feet those of Hermes, his arms an invisible whirl. One second he crouched low to the ground, the next he extended himself upright, He spun as he ran, like a top that gyrated and could not tip over. By the time the clock ran to zero, he was through the Alabama line and into the open field. No one had laid a finger on him, or rather, they had only laid a finger on him. There wasn't a player alive who could arm tackle leading Heisman contender Eliab McDermott. He streaked down the sideline, Past the 40, the 30. The lone defensive back between him and the goal line had the angle on him. The defender closed like an arrow on its way to Achilles' heel. The defensive back hurled his body at McDermott. McDermott didn't plant his left foot to make his cut. He didn't look at the defender airborne at him. He simply wasn't there anymore. It was as if a giant magnet had drawn him ninety degrees toward the center of the field as if there were no time, no gravity. The defender flew out of bounds, an airball of defeat. McDermott headed for the goal line. The crowd was on its feet, wrapped in the power and beauty of the scene as Eliab turned on the afterburners. When he got to the ten-yard line, he was Michael Jordan at the top of the key on a fast break. He could vault and sail into the end zone. The crowd knew he would. On the eight-yard line, McDermott took his famous stutter step, the prelude to his flight. He dipped his shoulders close to the ground, set the steel coils in his legs. Then the unthinkable happened. Eliab McDermott stumbled. He didn't come out of his slouch, but went down, head first, into the dirt. The ball squirted out, and he did not attempt to recover it as one of the trailing safeties pounced on the pigskin as it spun free at the five-yard line. The game was over. Eliab was down. The players and coaches from both sides of the gridiron ran onto the field, stunned by victory, defeat, and mystery. A referee was the first person to Eliab. He knelt down and spoke to him. "'Are you all right, kid?' Eliab wasn't all right. The ref stood and raised his hands to keep the crowd back from the fallen athlete. He motioned for McDermott's coaches who ran to the spot at his signal. The Auburn team physician pushed his way through, cut down on both knees, took a small pin light from his pocket and shined it in McDermott's eyes. As the coaches and refs watched, the doctor rolled McDermott onto his back, unsnapped his chin strap, and started to remove his helmet. That was when he noticed the bullet holes. The bullet had pierced the helmet two inches above McDermott's left ear on its way in, and had blown a ragged opening in the helmet the size of a half dollar an inch below his right ear on its way out. Somebody get the police now, the physician said to the assembled onlookers. Eliab McDermott has been murdered.